Hello, my name's Joanna Bailey. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where usually we give you all the lowdown on the week's aviation news, but today we're doing something a little different. Today on the podcast, we have a special guest, Captain Chris Pohl, a senior pilot and training captain on one of my favorite aircraft, the Airbus A350. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you might remember we spoke to Captain Chris in January last year when long haul flying was yet to recover and Chris had gone viral for a social post about toilet roll. But things have moved on a lot since then. And although things have become easier for aviation in some respects, a whole new set of challenges has sprung up. We're excited to talk to Chris about the new normal and get the pilot's perspective on the recovery so far. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And uh, welcome from Orlando. Good morning from Orlando. You're in the afternoon, aren't you, there in London? Yeah, it's lunchtime for me, but I guess you've just woken up. <laughs> no, I've been up for a little while because of jet lag, but obviously the sun is just coming up here on a beautiful sunny day in Orlando. Oh, very nice. I'm here in wet and windy Cornwall. I know where I'd rather be. <laughs> <laughs> so let's begin by talking about how things have changed in the almost two years since we last spoke to you. Um, you know, we've seen the trends. Long haul flying is coming back. It's making a solid recovery. You must be much busier as a long haul pilot. How's it been for you so far? The recovery has been um, really difficult, actually, for not just the airlines and the airports, but the people involved in it, the, the employees. And as everybody's seen over the summer, the airlines and the airports are, are basically playing catch up. You know, the, the pandemic suddenly ended around about March time at the same time as the uh, the war in Ukraine started. And then before you knew it, the airlines are trying to get aircraft back from the deserts, from storage, to get pilots trained. And a lot of airports knew that this was coming, but they still... as it just takes time, Joe. It really does take time for people to get back into the air. And uh, the, the supply and demand and the, the supply um, is, is low and the demand ramped up like overnight. And it's just been a very difficult for summer for everybody, not just the airlines and the airports, but the people traveling. And we've seen all sorts of um, chaos at airports. But hopefully now we're getting back on um, back on target. And with the uh, this Christmas period coming up, it's obviously another very busy time. Hopefully, we'll be back um, back to the old days of flying. Oh, good stuff. It must be nice for you to see the passengers surging back onto the planes, right? I mean, after all that time, you know, despite the challenges, it must be refreshing to see things coming back the way they have. It's absolutely lovely. Yesterday, I did a... Um, I've my first time back to Orlando since pre-pandemic and just seeing all those families on board with the young kids and they're going off to Disney World and... Um, it's just a lovely, lovely feeling to see people traveling again. It's almost like the pandemic didn't happen in a way because people are there. All the kids came up to the cockpit at the end. They want photos with their mums and dads and they got their Aww. Mickey um, ears on and they're so excited. And it was just, it was so nice. It's lovely to see that back again. Absolutely. So have you been feeling the disruption firsthand? I mean, we've all seen the photos at Schiphol, uh, Heathrow. You know, Heathrow's reduced its cap on on how many flights can actually land there and take off to try and cope with it. How's it been for a pilot trying to cope with this disruption? Well, I'm a pilot and also a passenger as well because I commute for work. So I've seen the disruption from a passenger's point of view and security lines and check-in and things like that and people getting angry and short-tempered and, you know, you know losing their patience. I've also seen it from a pilot's point of view that we're just understaffed. I mean, a perfect example was yesterday, Orlando Airport. We arrived on stand on time and the air bridge didn't work. 
Now, mm. is that a maintenance problem? Is it a staffing problem? It's probably a little bit of both. And airports are still trying to cope with, with these sort of problems. And um, we had to wait for 30 minutes while the, the air bridge was fixed. I mean, that's another example. Just every single day, there's something like that, whether it be mm. the pushback tug, whether it be the refueler. I mean, people are still being trained in jobs that they haven't done before. And a lot of the experience has gone out of the industry. And because safety is number one in aviation, you can't cut, cut corners and train people that quickly. You need to, they need to gain experience. And that's what's slowing the airline industry down at the moment. Mm, it's not easy to press pause or stop on a, no. a big complex industry like this and then just suddenly restart it again overnight. I think we're all learning that through what's happened this summer. Um, but in terms of your crew, I mean, we've heard that there's shortage of cabin crew, pilots. Has that been impacting you guys? Absolutely. So to train a pilot back from um, being on furlough or grounded will take three months on paper, which is really five months because they plan for three months to get the simulator training and ground training done and then the line training. But then if a training captain's sick or a training captain's called out for another flight, that trainee doesn't get their training flight done. So that can go on and on and on. So on paper, it's three months to get a pilot back, which takes five months, sometimes six months. For cabin crew, it's a six-week course. But the big problem with cabin crew and pilots as well is if their ID is parked, as they call it, if your ID hasn't been used for over a year, it then has to go through the ID system. This is just Heathrow I'm talking about, and I'm sure it's the same all around the world. And those um, departments are understaffed, the ID department. So getting your ID unparked so you can use your ID to go airside is taking a lot longer than expected. And like it's nobody's fault, it's just happening. And it's one of the uh, the problems in the industry at the moment is getting people airside to do their job, even though they're trained. Mm, craziness. And I mean, we heard a lot during the pandemic, there were a lot of maybe older pilots that took early retirement, people that decided just to leave the industry and go and do something else with their lives. Um, so I guess you're looking towards new people coming in, new recruits. Do you feel like there's enough new talent in the pipeline to supply aviation longer term? The short answer is no, right? Um, I've explained this before. I think I said pre-pandemic, 50% of the world's airline pilots, 50% of the world's airline pilots are over 50. It's a nice, easy number to remember. During that pandemic, a lot of people my age group, the, the more senior pilots, have left. Like you said, they've taken early retirement. They'd realized during the pandemic it was more fun playing golf than waking up in the middle <laughs> of the night to go flying. And, and a lot of the talent or experience, I should say, has left the industry. A huge amount of experience has left the industry. And now we're in a, a, a moment of, like I say, with catch up with the airlines and the industry. But are there enough people training? No, there's not enough people training, which is why I try to promote aviation through social media and Instagram and so on to say to people, Take up a career in aviation. It's probably the best time ever. It's not got any cheaper, but it's a great career and there's a good career there for you if you you know, you know, want to take on that challenge. Mm. I mean, there's an event tomorrow at Blackbush Airport talking about women in aviation. We're trying to get more women in aviation because historically only 5% of pilots are women or less than 5%, but we need more people flying airplanes. So there's a lot of promotion going around to get people to start a career in aviation. But that's not going to ha happen overnight, Joe, and it's going to take mm. time. And that's going Absolutely. to be the biggest challenge, I think, for airlines coming forward. Yeah, I mean, it's a long old road. We we looked into pilot training for my son, who's recently finished his GCSEs. And, you know, the amount of money and time and, you know, everything else, it's a very, it's a difficult or challenging industry, should I say, to get into if you want to be a pilot, maybe a bit easier for other roles. Um, do you feel like there needs to be more done in terms of financial incentives to attract more people to the career? Absolutely, yes. But remember, airlines and, and aviation is a business. And so if airlines don't have to pay for that, they won't. However, 
they'll find that they're going to need to do that because they're going to need more pilots. And so they're going to have to create incentive schemes. So you'll see it happening more and more as airlines realize that they can't just get the people they need. So they're going to have to spend the money to train the pilots. So there will be more cadet schemes. There will be more scholarships and other incentives to get people to fly. So that will happen. So it's a good time for your son to, to get involved in aviation. And anybody's sons and daughters out there listening to this, right now is the right time to become a pilot. Mm, fantastic. Um, maybe a bit too late for me, but uh, I can vicariously live late. his pilot dreams through him. <laughs> What's so, interesting, Joe, is I've actually got a friend who's 54 who's starting a career as a pilot. And you seriously? think that's crazy. But, but yeah, but by the time he's qualified, that gives him 10 years as a pilot. And the, the age might increase anyway. And that's another thing I think you may see happen. At the moment, the retirement age for pilots is 65. It used to be 55 when I started flying when I was 18 years of age. So it's now gone up to 65. And the way we are in the world with people living longer and having healthier lives, you may find that that, that limit is actually increased. Mm. You know, As long as you can pass a medical, well, maybe you could still fly an airplane. But we'll yeah. see. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out longer term. So let's talk a little bit about how the kind of big rebound in travel is impacting the industry. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of talk about pilot fatigue, unpleasant working conditions, stress. Are you seeing this with the crews that you work with? Are people feeling unhappy with their job roles? It's, the pandemic affected everybody, you, me, every single person listening to this. It affected us in different ways. And mental health is a real thing. And it's come to the fore through the pandemic and through aviation, or the, the area of aviation that I know about. A lot of pilots lost their jobs, a lot of cabin crew, ground staff, airport workers, anybody involved in, in my industry, um, lost a lot of them lost their jobs. And that's that hurts. You know, we've mm. all got mortgages. They've got kids to put through school. They've got commitments. And that can affect your mental health. And those people are now getting their jobs back and they're coming back into the industry. Um, some of them are just like stressed out about it, you know. Will, will the industry keep them going and, you know, to pay their mortgages and keep them? A lot of people have left the industry. So the people are in here that, yeah, they're a little bit stressed and they're working hard because there's so few of them. So fatigue is a real issue. And the airlines monitor the fatigue and pilots monitor themselves and cabin crew monitor themselves. But I think the best way is if you do feel fatigued, if you feel tired, um, do something about it. Don't mm. think, well, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose my, you know, your job is only good if you're fit and healthy. So please don't go out there flying when you're you're tired or fatigued. And there's a different thing with with um. It's not sickness. Fatigue isn't a sickness. It's just fatigue. It's tiredness. Um. Speak to your if you're a pilot. Speak to your AME, your um, aviation medical examiner, like I did. Um. And I'll take it back to an example. A year ago, I found myself just absolutely exhausted, um, completely exhausted. I didn't know why. I just thought I'm a bit tired. Haven't been sleeping well. I um. I went to my AME um, and I said, look, um, I just feel really tired. He took one look at me and he said, no, no, you're burnt out. And I went, no, I'm not. He said, no, you're burnt out. I said, there's no such thing. And he said, I'm a doctor. You're burnt out. Mm -hmm. um, he then sent me to another doctor, um, did a bit of counselling, and I had two months off just to completely relax, sleep in my own bed. That made a huge difference and it made me a safer pilot. So mm -hmm. I say to all pilots out there, if you're feeling that, um, I know it's stressful because you think this will Im impact in my career, my job. Do something about it because you're not safe if you're fatigued. Mm, absolutely. I mean, we saw that really shocking incident with Ethiopian Airlines where apparently both pilots had fallen asleep and uh, they overshot their landing airport. I mean, we don't need to see any more incidents like that. So uh, absolutely, I think airlines need to be doing everything they can. But do you think they're doing enough to support with um, mental health in general? I mean, not just the fatigue side, but also the levels of stress and uncertainty and maybe, you know, a bit of shock coming back to such a busy industry. 
from from two very quiet years. I'm absolutely certain that most airlines, all, all of the big, larger, reputable airlines are doing what they can. But remember, airlines are businesses. They're not hospitals. They're not doctors. Um, a lot of the larger um, airlines employ doctors and, and experts in mental health, and a lot of our training management are trained in mental health. But I think, like I said, as a pilot, the first point of call is your AME, your um, aviation medical examiner. Don't be scared to call them up, make an appointment to see them. They're a doctor and they can help you. Okay, and they can. Another question that people ask me is, what's happening with regards to mental health? As a pilot, every year you have to do a medical, an aviation medical, a um, a refresher, just to see that you're medically fit. And the first part of the exam now is you're given a mental health survey. There's a list of questions that you you have to go through and answer before you you have your consultation, and then the AME will go through those questions. And if they if you flag up something, they'll have a chat to you about it. You know, they're a person, they're a doctor, and it's completely confidential. And it's a good thing that that the um, CAA in the UK are doing this right now. They're assessing every single pilot through an AME. If the AME thinks you need um, another consultation with a with another expert, they will make that consultation for you. That's fantastic to see. I mean, really looking after their employees on that side of things. Um, but despite all that, I think another trend of this summer, if we had to pick one, has been the amount of industrial action we've seen. Um, I mean, maybe not so much here in the UK, but particularly in the States and in some parts of Europe, you know, we've seen people going on strike, doing informational pickets. Um, what's at the root of all this unhappiness? Is it all about money? I don't think it's about money. It's about paying conditions. And I think people that have gone on these um, strikes, like you say, it's not been in the UK, it's been overseas, and that's about you know, pilots take advantage of an opportunity to say, hang on, you know, it's been a tough industry. We know it's going to get tougher again. So how about you improve some of our conditions? You know, it's never about money. People always put it down to money, but it's never about money. It's about, you know, the working conditions and saying, look, you know, it's been tough. Let's just work together to make our lives all a little bit easier. And obviously, if it's easier, it's safer. Mm, absolutely. So changing track a little bit, another trend that's really occupied us this summer, particularly at Simple Flying, trying to report the things that um, we have to report all the time is uh, the rise in obnoxious passenger behaviour. I mean, my goodness, it feels like there's just a new breed of passenger who just has no consideration for anyone else in the world. I mean, we wrote something yesterday about a, a passenger that had bitten one of the cabin crew. I mean, what's going on with passenger behaviour? It's like too, so bizarre. Two years of people being confined to their homes has told them how to forget to be civil, you know, how to be humans, <laughs> how to be nice to each other. It's like they've completely forgotten their manners by being at home for two years. It's it's absolutely bizarre some of the, the scenes we've seen throughout the world with aviation. And I don't know why it's just aviation. It's like, why? Why airports? Don't they realise that people who are working at the airports have been in the same situation as them and they're just happy to be at the airport. They're happy to have their job back and all they want to do is get you on an airplane. They don't want to give you a hard time. You know, just be nice to them. They're just human beings who are trying to go about their job. They're glad to be back doing their job and they just want to get you on an aeroplane in a way. But yeah, it's just been bizarre. I don't know I don't know where it's come from, but yeah, people have basically lost their manners. Yeah, definitely. How about you? Have you had any um, unruly passenger incidents on your flights? Have you had to divert or take any action there? N not me personally, but I've heard of a few um, terrible incidents. And uh, yes, we have had a few um, well, I have had on my aircraft a, a couple of unruly passengers, but a, a stern word normally sorts them out. But you know, <laughs> what is wrong with people? Just be happy. Please be happy and be nice to airport workers and staff. They, they're just trying to do their job. Definitely. Just like you and me, they go on holidays as well. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. It is frustrating. I mean, I think, you know, particularly with the mask mandate and everything else that was going on, it's been yes. a frustrating summer for travellers. Um, but we're over it now um, because very soon we're going to be into the IATA winter season. And, you know, it's been great to see aviation coming back strong. We do have a, a peak travel season around Christmas. What are your hopes for the winter season? What What changes would you like to see? Changes? I think we just want to get back to where we were pre-pandemic. And I think we're getting pretty close to that right now. There's still so much training on board at the moment. And the thing that not concerns me, but things we need to make sure we've got in place is the people who work at the airports with the de-icing and anti-icing and things like that to make sure that that's completely 100% safe. Because a lot of people have left the industry. We need to retrain people on how to conduct those um, safe exercises to keep flying safe. So there will be queues at airports because of, you know, the roads into the airports being cleaned and, you know, with snow and so on. There's still going to be queues and problems, but just be patient. Arrive at the airport early. They've got nice restaurants. They've got bars. They've got places you can shop. Just go early, get there, relax, and you'll probably reduce some of your stress so you don't have to put that stress onto other people at the airport. But I think we're we're getting closer and closer towards pre-pandemic flying, which was never perfect, but at least it was a little bit more relaxed than it has been last summer. I hadn't even thought about the weather. I mean, that's a whole other challenge to oh, yeah. make sure we can de-ice the planes sufficiently and keep the runways clear from snow and everything. But uh, hopefully it won't be too much of a cold one this year. Um, looking further ahead, what do you see as the biggest challenges facing aviation in the coming years? I think what we were talking about earlier, Joe, which is um, pilots, finding enough pilots and, and enough trained pilots and qualified pilots and like I said, airlines are going to have to do something about helping with that because there's two years of people not learning how to fly over the pandemic has slowed up the, the supply of pilots. Plus, we don't have the normal input from um, air forces because air forces have been smaller and smaller than they've ever been. So where are these pilots going to come from? And like I said, the pilots of my era are all leaving or retiring early. So that's going to be the biggest challenge is, is finding enough qualified pilots to keep these aircraft um, flying. Mm, absolutely. I think uh, incentivization would work very well, <laughs> speaking as the mother of a potential of future pilot. You know, uh, any financial incentives would definitely sway us a little bit, but uh, we'll have to wait and see how the industry copes with that. What about the sustainability issue? I mean, this is something that airlines are constantly talking about. How, you know, from a pilot's perspective, how important is it that your airline is going to be carbon neutral by year, whatever it is? I think it's very important. I think everybody's doing their bit. We've just taken on board the new um, A330-900 aircraft, which are 25% more efficient than the previous aircraft that it replaces. 25% is a big number. You know, that's a mm. huge number. It's double-digit savings per seat per aircraft. Um, so the cost of aviation or cost of flying is going down, but it's also better for the environment. And every little technology change that the manufacturers like Airbus and Boeing come out with are all good for the customer and it's all good for the planet that we live on. So we're going to see this happening more and more. And I know you at Simple Flying are reporting on this all around the world. So everybody's making an effort. It's being Something's being done about it. It's, it's, um, it is the future and it's going to happen. We always enjoy a new fleet type coming in for, for airlines. Always exciting to see what they do with their new planes. And uh, and of course, they're much more efficient, which is uh, doubly good. Um, so we're kind of drawing to the end of my questions, but I just wanted to give our listeners a bit of colour on uh, on who you are and where you came from. So if you haven't come across Captain Chris before, um, he's a bit of a, an Instagram celebrity in terms of uh, aviation. And it all started back during the pandemic when there was a photograph of you in 
in your pilot's uniform and you were holding up a big sign that said, buy airline tickets like you bought toilet rolls. And it kind of went viral, didn't it? And you've got like thousands of followers now. What's your follower count on Instagram today? Uh, Today, um, 363,000 followers on Instagram. And like you said, I I held up that sign, which I've now realized is called a meme. I have a 20-year-old daughter and a 22-year-old son, so I've learned lots of words. I didn't know what Instagram (laughs) was pre-pandemic, so I've become, like you say, an Instagram celebrity, but I didn't know what Instagram was a couple of years ago. And all I wanted to do on Instagram was promote aviation in the airlines, encourage people to buy airline tickets like they bought toilet paper, which is this funny little um, meme we came up with, and basically to support my colleagues during the pandemic. And that's what I was doing. I was supporting people who were losing their jobs and saying, look, aviation will come back. We'll all get our jobs back. Aviation will be flying again because it, it really did. It was grounded. I was showing people empty airports and empty aircraft. And it, and it was a little bit depressing at time. And I was saying, look, this is as bad as it's going to get. We are going to come back. People need aviation. People need to visit family. They need it for business. They need it to go on holidays. And aviation, you know, as bad as it's ever been, will come back. And I then used Instagram I found out what people were liking on Instagram, and so I've used it now as a, as a way of inspiring people to um, take up a career in aviation, to try and help aviation, people like your son, to encourage other people within the industry to, to come back within the industry, because it is a fun industry. People mm-hmm. love aviation. Um, and then I found I had a lot of followers who were, I suppose, my captive audience during the pandemic who thought, oh, who's this Captain Chris guy showing us the cockpits of aeroplanes and the outsides of aeroplanes and empty airports and so on. So I then used it to educate people about, you know, a lot of people have a um, a fear of flying. There's a lot of nervous flyers out there to show them what we actually do as pilots and show them these nice quiet cockpits and and the uh, the simulator training that we do for people. And also to, to bring more people in, I then started to entertain them with fun little short reels, you know, seven to, seven to five, 15 second little videos to grab their attention and, and show them what I'm about. And the people who do follow me read my posts. So it's not about the, 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 the flashing pictures and the videos and so on. It's actually, I, I do write long posts. You know, I do use everything that um, Instagram has to offer by, by writing about aviation, writing about people being rude at airports, writing about um, how to become a pilot and all those sort of things. So that's what I've been doing. Like today is Wingtip Wednesday where we're, we're recording this on. So I get 150 people send me their pictures of wingtips and I promote them on my stories on Instagram. So I just try and promote aviation and that's what I do. It's fantastic. And I think it's a, a must follow for any Av Geek. Um, and you're at Captain Chris on Instagram, aren't you? That's the easy one, at Captain Chris. Yeah, at yes. Captain Chris. So do check it out if you haven't already. But I've got to ask, Chris, if you were standing holding up a sign today for your meme, what would it say on the sign? What's the message you'd really like to get out there right now? The message right out there, as we talked on this earlier, is be nice to airline and airport staff. Just be nice to them. They're you and me. They're just people. They're just trying to do their jobs. The pandemic was tough for them. Just be nice to them and they'll get you away on your holiday or your business trip or to see your family. Be nice to airline and airport staff. Absolutely. I'm fully in bed with that one. Be nice. Um, I think everyone can take a a hint from that. Um, But I think that's probably about all we've got time for today. So, Chris, thank you so much for coming back on Simple Flying Podcast. And I hope we'll speak to you again in a year or two and uh, see how things have moved on again. But thanks again for coming along. Thank you very much indeed, Joe. Great to speak to you always. And you're doing a great job there at Simple Flying. I love it. I'm one of your biggest fans. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Uh, So we hope you enjoyed our podcast. And as usual, we welcome your comments and feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do leave us a rating on your favorite podcast player. And thanks for listening. 